0: Welcome, friends, to our second season of the Reynolds Rap podcast. I'm your host, Ray Reynolds, and this podcast is meant to encourage and bless you as you seek to live an authentic life in Christ Jesus. If you haven't already done it, please hit that subscribe button to get updates on original content each week. And also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, and online at RayReynoldsRap.com. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Hey there, welcome back to the Ray Reynolds Wrap Podcast. It's good to be with you today and looking forward to sharing some time with you on this particular podcast. I am basically, what I'm doing today is uh, I'm entertaining a few questions that uh, have been asked to me as of recent and actually uh, have benefited me personally to study these particular verses and think about these subjects uh, in fact, so much so that we're going to be covering it Wednesday night during our Bible class uh, where I teach at Somerdale Church of Christ. And uh, it's a part of a series where we've been talking about different issues uh, facing the church today. And the subject for today is anxiety. Uh, I have to admit as we start that anxiety is something that I wrestle with. I've wrestled with it for, for several years. I didn't know how to pinpoint exactly what I was dealing with. But I had had, uh, kind of as my anxiety journey as we begin, uh, I had had some issues with my stomach. I, For some reason, uh, there were things that happened and I, my stomach would just get to hurting and uh, I, would, I would know what was wrong. I went through several tests uh, for about six months trying to figure out exactly what kind of stomach ailments I had. Uh, doctors checking me for Crohn's and you know, IBS and all those things that they usually check you on when you're having stomach trouble. And uh, I went to see the, actually the nurse practitioner, my doctor was not in, and uh, the nurse practitioner had said, um, you know, we think you need to have your gallbladder removed. So we went in and they removed my gallbladder. They said that there were polyps in it. So it was good to be removed, but that didn't take away the stomach trouble that I had. I still was having some issues and not just heartburn, but just pain. I've had heartburn my whole life. I learned to deal with that. So long story short, my doctor says, you know what? I, I think maybe you're dealing with anxiety. And when I met with the nurse practitioner, she'd said the same thing. Uh, so my doctor said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to put you on a low dose of an anxiety medication and see if that helps your stomach trouble. And I said, that's not going to be I was just like, you have a stressful job. I was like, well, of course I do. But most people have stress with their job. So I, I've been able to handle it. All these years, I've had a lot of stress and anxiety, but not not so much that I felt like I needed to be medicated. But it was pretty clear within two or three weeks of taking this medication that uh, my stomach troubles basically went away overnight. Within, I say overnight, but within a week, I could tell, tell a major difference. And by two weeks, uh, two Sundays in a row that I didn't have any anxiety at all. And it wasn't just getting up to preach and teach. It was just uh, an additional nervousness that I hadn't had before. Uh, and I didn't, couldn't quite put my finger on that until the medication. And so I, I say that all to preface what we're gonna talk about today by saying this is something that I have had to learn to deal with myself. And I know most people, uh, in fact the majority of people, have suffered at some point in their life from uh, anxiety or depression, Things like that, some have um, issues that have to be handled clinically or, or by a physician, and those are, those are things that I'm kinda, that's outside of my realm of expertise. But I can tell you from a spiritual perspective, uh, and from, from an, uh, basically a research perspective, that it is fairly easy for a Christian to recognize the patterns of anxiety in one's life, it is much more difficult to be able to overcome it. And I do believe it is possible to overcome that anxious spirit. Now, the Bible teaches us that God didn't give us a spirit of fear. Fear and anxiety are two different things, two different animals. Anxiety usually comes from worry, and it could be about a new situation it could be um about in my case it's i'm a people pleaser i am the type of person that always wants everybody to be happy i want people to like me you know just to be honest i have a hard time dealing with conflict i don't want conflict i'm very much a peacemaker i do not want to see people argue fuss or fight i've let people walk all over me some to the tune of thousands of dollars just because people say, well, you're just gullible. No, it's not gullible. Not gullible. I know what's happening. I just can't, I just can't help it. I have, to, I have to take the high road. It's just what I want to do. I don't, I don't want anybody to say, hey, look, he got down in the mud and slung mud at somebody. Or he, he was gossiping about this person. Or he was doing that. I just, I'm not saying that I don't occasionally take the wrong path. But I'm telling you that it is much easier for me to just not deal with the problem Or to make a peaceful resolution, even if it costs me something. Compromise is my middle name. I do not like to see conflict. So that contributes to my anxiety. It makes things worse. Uh, I want to, probably not uh, in our time together today, but I do want to talk about a book that has helped me a lot uh, in dealing with this. I'll do that in the next podcast because I want to cover that book in depth. Um, It was given to me by a sister in Christ, a good friend who was struggling with some of the same things I was and and knew from uh, my perspective that I was dealing with this anxiety. I mentioned something about it from the pulpit, and she said, I think you need to read this book. I I think I can see where you're going, Uh, and and so it definitely helped me, so I'll I'll deal with that uh, in our next time together, but what I want to do today is talk about it from a biblical perspective. Is it a sin to be anxious? Is it wrong to be overwhelmed with anxiety? Are there characters in the Bible that struggled with anxiety? Now, I know in in a a few other previous podcasts, which you'd have to dig for them back there somewhere. we got nearly 90 now. Uh, I've talked about some of these people. I think think going back to the Old Testament, I think Moses dealt with anxiety. Uh, I know Achan uh, dealt with anxiety. Moving forward after that, maybe Joshua, for the most part, Um, even before that, you've got Esau. I feel like dealt with anxiety. I think, think Cain in the very beginning dealt with anxiety. Moving forward into the New Testament, uh, I think about uh, the rich young ruler. I think about the rich man and Lazarus. I think about Judas. I think Peter probably struggled a little bit with some anxiety, and certainly Jesus dealt with his own issues that he faced. Uh, not necessarily with trepidation, but at least with some some anxiousness about the next events that were to come. Even though he knew the future, uh, he knew he was going to die on the cross, he still asked the Lord, the Father, to take away that from him, take the cup, pass it on to somebody else. But he knew it was the will of the Father that needed to be done. Uh, one of the things that I think causes a lot of anxiety is um, our our situation financially and and that's one aspect i'll deal with before i deal with the spiritual part but i do think sometimes when we get into a pinch financially we're worried about our job we don't want to lose our job some people i know you may be listening thinking this is me i know a lot of people that work jobs that they absolutely hate but they stay there because the money's good or the benefits are good um on the other hand i know some people that work and make very little and i'm talking about our men and women in uniform. I'm talking about our teachers, our teachers in schools all across this country. They're doing it not for the paycheck or the benefits. They're not getting paid much at all, but they're doing it because they love children and they love to uh, face that with adversity, recognizing that they're training the next generation. They're they're willing to forego that, that anxiousness. They're willing to forego that fear of not being able to get things paid or not making enough money to make ends meet because they love their job. So there's two different sides to that. But sometimes money does cause us, materialism causes us much anxiety. People will worry, worry, worry about their home. They'll worry about their jobs. They'll worry about their bank accounts. And I think that that specifically is what Jesus is dealing with in Matthew chapter 6, and in that example, just in verses 19 through 24, he says, don't lay up treasures on earth. Instead, what? You're supposed to lay up your treasures in heaven, verse 20. So he says, if you do it here on earth, there's gonna be moss that come in, there's gonna be rust, there's gonna be thieves, there's gonna be uh, you know, basically all kinds of things that could take those treasures away from you. So he says, think about things from a spiritual context what things can you take? Well, we know there's faith, hope, and love. Those three abide, right? Those are things that we invest in, we we treasure in our lives, and we certainly want to pass on and share with other people. And he says in verse 21, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. So if you are, are focusing on earthly treasures and earthly things the anxiety of losing those things is going to be so overwhelming you might miss eternity because of it people will just go nuts over what's happening in the stock market they go crazy when uh they're not getting enough interest um you know c- accumulated in their in their ch- their uh savings account they they are not interest but um the dividends that are coming as a result. I've seen people move money from bank to bank to bank and move it out of one account to another and one advisor to another and one broker to another because of a half of a percentage point. People will go crazy over that kind of stuff. They'll, they'll have their credit checked 10 times with 10 different organizations to be able to find the right loan that they want because of a certain percentage. People will forget about the loyalty uh, to an insurance company or to someone who is going to get you a better value for your the product that is offered to you, people will jump they will they will be with the same person for fifteen years an agent let's say in in, in health insur- or not health insurance but life insurance in in car insurance and in homeowners insurance and at the at just the commercial that you can save 15 percent they will they will abandon someone that they have known their whole lives and has handled their needs for years to go after something that's gonna save them a few dollars a month and they don't realize it in just another month or two or in a year, say that those those rates are gonna rise and eventually after a couple of years, three, four, five years, they're right back to the same rate that they had. Because they want to be able to save a buck here and there. Same thing with our with our shopping. We will we will wait, we we make sure we shop the deals. I'm bad about this. I love going to publics. But when I go to Publix, I try not to buy anything unless it's BOGO. <laughs> you know, Unless there's a percentage off. There, be, there are people, and I'm not saying you don't need to be frugal. Certainly you do need to be frugal and you need to use your money wisely. But in an effort to try to pinch a penny, we'll drive from one store to another and we'll do this and we'll do that and we'll collect these coupons. We don't realize how much gas we're spending jumping from this store to that store to get this thing and that thing. And we'll, we'll say, well, I've got to save my time so I'm going to have it delivered. But then that has a cost. You see, I'm probably giving you... Anxiety right now. (laughs) People do anything to save a dime, save a dollar. I've known parents who don't want to pay to get into a ball game that will sit in a car and watch through the fence. Grandparents that will watch a baseball game from their vehicle or from the outside of the fence in a chair, they don't want to have to pay to get in. I've known people who have watched a movie and stayed for two or three more. They've snuck in food you know, to places. They have intentionally lied about their children being underage when really they're 10 years old or 12 years old and it says eight and under for a free, free lunch. We, we, we are so consumed by saving a few dollars that we're, we're willing to allow morality to go out the window. The ethics are not a concern. If it's going to save us a few bucks, people will do things to dodge their taxes. They will do things to be able to avoid um, you know, paying certain fines and penalties and fees. And we will, if we don't like the way something's done at the store, we will beg until we get the discount or the free sandwich because we, we are a society that is so obsessed with money and possessions that we'll do anything we can to get something or to take something in order to just have it. Now you can understand how that that is going to hurt you spiritually. It's also going to hurt your health physically if it hurts you spiritually. You can't account for the late nights and for the sleepless nights that you'll have because of things that you're doing to save a dollar or two, or to be able to gain a dollar or two, to have people will work. I've seen families that have taken on extra jobs, two jobs, three jobs, four jobs, side hustles, just to be able to afford a bigger boat or a bigger RV so that they can spend time with their kids, and yet the fact that they work these extra jobs, they don't have the time to use those things. I knew a guy not long ago that had a boat. He had a boat for three years. He went and bought, got it financed, got this big old boat and I asked him, I said, how many times in three years did you take it out? And he said, about twice each year. Six times. You're going to buy a $300,000 boat and use it six times? That did not account for the insurance you put on it. That did not account for the docking fee where you have it parked for all that time and moved when there's a hurricane and brought back when the hurricane's over. That doesn't account for the fuel that is used, the maintenance that is used. Is it worth it? To spend six days, not even six days, three or four hours on six days in three years. Is it worth that amount of money? He didn't even go fishing because the first couple times he went out, he didn't, have a, he didn't have a license to go fishing. So he just went out on the water, sat there, looked at the seashore and said, okay, let's go back in. Can you imagine the anxiety of sleepless nights and frustrations of being able to pinch a penny here and pinch a penny there to make a payment on something that you can't even use? This is the way society thinks. We want more. We want more. We want more. We'll do anything to get it. We've got to have the next best thing. We've got to have something. I've already seen so many ads recently for the new iPhone and then Windows is coming out with a new operating system. So we're going to have to update all of our systems or get all new devices. And this happens all the time and it just builds up. We've got to have more. We've got to have more. As I'm recording this now, Facebook has had some issues over the last couple days, and people are losing their minds. They're so addicted to social media. That's where they live is in social media. And so we are just so obsessed about image. And we're obsessed about having things and people look at us in a certain way. And I think that's the antithesis of Christianity. Christianity should be about living our faith and not worrying about what somebody thinks about it. We are ourselves. We are humble, but we are also uh, genuine in the way we live our Christian faith. We are who we are. We believe that God has a purpose for our lives and he's not finished with us yet. He's doing good things, and he does those things through us as we let him have control. So the Lord is giving an answer to the anxiety by saying, if you're trying to gather treasures and and praise for yourself, that's not a treasure, that's not a, a, a blessing that is reserved in heaven. It's something that you want an immediate fulfillment for. And you can't live a faithful Christian life if that's the way you intend to do it. I'm just going to want this and want that and keep this and keep that and get more. I've had people say, well, if I do this and do that, then I'll have enough. I can actually help the church, you know, and I can actually help. No, you won't. No, you won't. If you're working those jobs to get things, you're going to focus on the things, not on kingdom work. If you really want to impress God, if you could say that, be like the poor widow that gave the, the mites all she had. All she had. Little coins. God is not looking for big, generous, liberal givers. He's looking for the people that are willing to sacrifice it all, to, to, to fall down and say, I, Lord, am unworthy of anything you've given me. I want to share. The early church did that. They gave up the things that they had. They shared with each other. And they said, if anybody's got a need, we're going to meet that need. There'll be people coming to church on Sunday. You'll see them in your congregation, I'm sure, that have all kinds of needs. And we'll say, well, you know, I hope good luck. Be warm and filled. James warns us about that. So I think about um, Jesus deals with it here in Matthew 6, but Paul talks about it too in 1 Timothy chapter 6 when he says, you know, the love of money, don't miss that, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. First Timothy chapter 6, and when you are looking at verses 9 and 10 together, he's talking about those who desire those riches and how it will be foolish and harmful to you. Not just physically, but also spiritually. The love, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. So it causes this great and terrible anxiety in us when we start thinking about treasures and things that we're going to lay up here on earth. It, it was it was uh, traumatic for the early church thinking about Ananias and Sapphira and other individuals like that, that maybe even Simon the Sorcerer. If people were so consumed by monetary gain or taking advantage of a situation that they let it get in the way of their spirituality and ultimately hindered them, uh, in Ananias and Sapphira's case, maybe eternally. We don't know. So it's definitely something to take into consideration. So when, when the Lord gives his answer to anxiety, he says, you've got to start looking at things that are eternal you know, fix your eyes on things that are spiritual. And that's really what verses 22 and 23 are about there. And then, and then he says also there in, um, in Matthew chapter six, you can't have two masters. You can't ride the fence. You're going to have to make a decision. So how do we do that? How do we overcome this, this anxiety? How can we conquer this anxiety that lies inside of us? So I want to give you just real quickly, five things that I think will help maybe six. I'll do five. See, see how far we go. Um, the first thing is, looking at Jesus' words, in the next few verses beginning at 25, he's trying to encourage us to put value on the right things. Value yourself. Value yourself. See who you really are, a child of God, one that is loved and one that is cared for. He says, you know, why are you worrying about your life? Why are you worrying about yourself? Why are you worrying about what you're going to eat? Why are you worrying about what you're going to drink? Why are you worrying about what you're going to put on your body, clothes-wise? He says your whole life is not about what you eat and drink. It's not about the money in the account. It's not about the clothes that you wear. It's not about your physical presence, your health. There's a reason why there's a spiritual battle we're facing as Christians. Our flesh and the spirit are at battle and at war with one another because the spirit is willing to. The Spirit knows. The Spirit is gravitating towards eternity because that's what's going to happen when our flesh falls apart. You see, flesh and spirit battle because flesh is never going to go to heaven. Flesh is never going to be eternal. Flesh is temporary. So the battle between the Spirit and the flesh, it ought to be evident to us. That the things we invest in, that we take pride in, that we focus on, are things that are spiritual, things that are eternal. Flesh isn't going to matter. People get all worked up about you know having this surgery and that surgery and putting this piercing in and this tattoo on and wearing this style of clothes and 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 going to this place and eating this food and, and not drinking this and putting it into your body. We, we spend a lot of time, and I'm not saying that you don't need to be concerned about things like that, but we spend a lot of time focusing on our bodies and very little time focusing on our spirit. Only one's going to go with you to heaven. Only one. And it's not your flesh and bones. It's your spirit that is inside of you. I teach teenagers all the time. I tell them, I say, close your your eyes. And I, I sit there for a few moments and I say, I want you to look into yourselves. Keep your eyes tight. Closed. What do you see? The kids will be like, well, I see black. You know, I see spots. You know, whatever. And I'll say, no, if you'll stay still long enough and you'll focus hard enough, you will see the only thing you'll take with you from this world. Who you are on the inside, how you value yourself on the inside, has a significant impact on your mental health, on your spiritual growth, on you and your walk with God. Who are you? Do you value yourself? Do you see life is much more than what you put on, what you wear, what you eat, drink, and where you go? Life is about connecting, understanding the spirit that is inside of you. Jesus even builds on that by saying, well, look at the birds of the air. They don't worry about what they're going to eat tomorrow. They, they, they can go and gather up straw and, and find a barn and put up a nest. It gets knocked down. They just build another one, raise a family, send them out in flight and get another one, you know, a few more eggs. You know, it's, just, it's such a simple, simple life. And Jesus says, learn from them or from the weeds, from the grass, from the lilies. Look at something in the field. They don't worry about tomorrow. They just live. They live for today. What a great example. And and going on after that, he says, you know, you look at the lilies and Solomon and all his glory wasn't arrayed like that. He had temporary things he put on his flesh. They are who they are because they know their purpose. And that is to look beautiful, to be visible, to be a representation of something God has created. There's lessons in that, church. There, there's lessons in that for us. He goes on and he starts talking about how, you know, we just have no faith if we're worrying about physical things. So value yourself. Another thing, if we want to overcome anxiety, is we've got to accept what we can change and what we can't. You say, well, I'm going to work real hard on, on changing my physical appearance. I want, to, I want to look good. I want to do this and I want to do that. And we'll spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to look a certain way. When we know that that image in 10 and 20 years will be different, the money you spend on clothes now, you don't believe this? If you're my age, if you're in your 40s or your 30s or maybe even your 50s, pull out a photo album or go back and look at some photos of yourself from 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Most of the trends and styles, they fade and people will waste their money on all these things because they put their value in what they have and not who they are. So you've got to not only value yourself, you've got to accept that there are some things you just can't change. You're not going to be able to change. So focus on the things that you can change. You you can't change the the growl in your stomach, you know, is a, you can't change sometimes your your desire to eat and drink and so so instead, here's what you need to do. Don't worry about those things. Change your view of who you are and change your view of who God is. What can God provide for you? What does he want you to have that you'll use to his glory? How can you how can you be more faithful to him instead of to a product or a brand name? How 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 desirous are you of things that are of good and 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 virtuous things? How, how are you viewing those things in life? How are you looking at The Lord's provision. Are you upset because there are certain things you didn't get? Or are you grateful for what you have? And maybe for instead of complaining about all these things that have caused you anxiety, be thankful that God's given you enough to be anxious about. You know, He's given you many blessings. He's given you probably health, the ability to breathe, the ability to eat, the ability to talk, to be able to listen. If you're listening to this, He's given you ears. Some of you may have a hearing aid to help you, but you can hear. If you're reading this, you have eyesight. Those are simple things. The ability to just get up and walk, don't take that for granted. There are a lot of people that would love to have that. Look at the things you can't change. And look at the things you can. And your perspective is certainly able to be changed. Another thing is you've got to learn to trust in the Lord for everything. If you don't have it, if you can't get it, there's probably a reason why. God knows what's best for you. So see him as as the Bible teaches, as our heavenly father that loves us and cares for us and provides for us. And we seek first his kingdom and all of his righteousness. And we just believe that he'll add to us as he wants to, as he sees fit we're not going to worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow can worry about itself. I'm going to focus on today because anything else is going to get me into trouble. That's basically the gist of the rest of Matthew chapter six, isn't it? Just seek God, seek his will, trust in him, see him as your father and commit to doing it his way. That's another thing. Commit to doing it God's way. Quit worrying about the things you can't change. Do things according to God's will. We say, well, I would do that. I I really want to follow the Lord. Well, okay, are you reading the Bible? Are you praying for guidance and wisdom? James says, if you ask for it, you can receive it. Pray for wisdom. Pray for strength, encouragement to get through the trial that you're facing. Our anxiety is because we trust in ourselves too much. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Solomon was right. The conclusion of everything is to just simply fear God and keep his commandments. Do it his way. Commit to doing things his way. And then finally, we gotta, we got to close up, is learn to live not just one day at a time, but moment by moment. I think I've shared in this broadcast before uh, a man who's now an elder at a church that I worked at. He wasn't an elder at the time. And when I was going through a really, really tough time, he was very kind to me. Uh, he even wrote a letter for me on my behalf to, to um, as a letter of recommendation. And he said to me, he said, sometimes in situations like this, it's not about living day to day. It's about living moment by moment. Sometimes it's each minute. And we've just got to live in it, nest in it. just Just dwell in that moment. Take advantage of the moments you have and use those to the glory of God. Don't worry about everything else that you can't fix. Don't worry about stuff that's that's a week ahead of time. Focus on the moment, and you're going to miss a lot of moments with your kids. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. Worrying about something that you can't fix, worrying about something that's a month away, Focus on the moment. Focus on that particular time. Live one day at a time. I think that's what it's saying in verse 34 of Matthew 6. Is don't worry about tomorrow. Focus on the now. Focus on tonight. The reason why you're going to lose sleep is because you're worrying about the next day. Or you're worrying about something that happened a month ago that you can't change. Live in the moment. Be still and know that the Lord is God. If you do that, then, then you're going to find a peace, That passes all understanding. Paul talks about that in Philippians 4, doesn't he? Don't be anxious for anything. He says, but by prayer and supplication and with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I close with this final thought. The word guard is a word of protection. The Holy Spirit resides inside of you to help you, to aid you, to protect you, all right? As Paul talks about it in Galatians 5, it's very evident here from Philippians 4, God has given you his spirit. He didn't give you the spirit of fear. He's given you a spirit of sound mind. He's given you a spirit of self-control. He's given you a spirit that will bring peace. It will bring thanksgiving And so if you will trust in the Lord and be guided by his spirit that lives inside of you, your heart and your mind will be just fine. But when you allow those anxious thoughts to overcome you, and when you allow all those physical things to bother you, and you worry about the trials, and you worry about the people, and you worry about situations, and you worry about what you said or you didn't say, or what you're going to do or you aren't going to do, you're missing the point Jesus may come back tomorrow. I hope he comes tonight. Whenever he comes, you've got to be ready. And you've got to keep your heart softened to the message or God will prick it. What does God want you to do? How does he want you to live? What does he have said in his word that you need to follow? Those are the things that we focus on. God will allow his spirit to guard your heart and mind. He will protect you from the things you don't need, from the things that you shouldn't be involved with. But you've got to trust in him above all understanding, and you've got to allow peace to reign supreme. You've got to allow the peace of God that you don't have to understand. It surpasses understanding. You don't have to understand why stuff happens. You don't have to understand what he's doing. You don't have to understand the mind of God. Couldn't if you wanted to. Instead, you have a peace that God is going to be with you in the storm. He's going to be beside you through the trial. And when it's all over with, he's going to be there standing with you at the end I love Billy today he was talking about it. arise and let's go over Jordan a sermon he wrote once it's in the lads to leaders book arise and let's go over Jordan let's start being like like Joshua and Caleb let's just take the mountain let's let's work for today and let's see what God's going to do tomorrow let's just live for the moment let's be still and know that he's God let's trust in him in our current situation and and just know that he's going to take care of it he's going to watch over us trusting in him to get through whatever comes. I hope that helps you a little bit today. I remind you again, I'm working on a, a book on anxiety to try to help. I have been working on it for months and hopefully it'll be out for the end of this year. But I do believe that this is one of the things that we, we have many brothers and sisters struggling with. And the answer, though it is difficult to do, is very simple. Just trust in the Lord. Thank you for tuning into today's broadcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get updates on original content each week. Follow us on social media at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, TikTok, YouTube, and check out our website at rayreynoldsrap.com. Also, if you'd like to suggest a topic for an upcoming broadcast, or if you'd like to email me a question, or if you have a prayer request, you can send that to rayreynoldsrap at gmail.com. Have a great day, and may the Lord bless you as you seek to live an authentic life in Christ Jesus.